Hi everyone, this is Steve Johnson, and thanks for listening to PPV Pod. Uh, this is take two. Um, I am in Sarah Camp's classroom at Brookshire Elementary, uh, and we are going to go over five ed tech things that you have to check out. Now, Sarah, I apologize. We already went through half of this, and then some, I did something probably to mess up the podcast. But Sarah is so gracious that she's allowing us to do it again. So, Sarah, um, why don't you kind of give a little bit of uh, background into your experience teaching? Okay, I teach a 5-6 combination class, and I've taught it for the past five years. It's comprised mainly of the students who are high-achieving independent learners, so it's nice to be able to find ways to challenge them, especially using EdTech. And this is my 12th year teaching. Nice. Okay, and like we did in our first round, we talked about Infinity War. Should people go see Avengers Infinity War that's now in movie theaters right now? People should definitely see Infinity War in theaters. And like you said before... (laughs) My six and eight year old should not see it. No, you should definitely preview it before you take your children. Okay. I had a friend who took took her son, who's ten, and if she would have known the outcome of things, she would have mm. waited until next year to see a double feature to have resolution. Okay, good to know. Good to know. So, if nothing else, that is something you can take away from this podcast. <laughs> Don't take young kids to Infinity War. Okay. So, five ed tech things that you have to check out if you're a teacher. Uh, Sarah, let's jump into number one. Number one would be Dash and Dot Robots by Wonder Workshop. They are easy to code, great for grades K through 12. I even enjoy playing with some of the apps. The apps range from where you actually code to make the robot follow commands, or there's games that you can play with it. Mm -hmm. Currently in my classroom, we're building mazes, and then the students are going to have to switch mazes and code the Dash to go through the maze. And um, I'm looking to my left right now because in Sarah's classroom, there's a whole bunch of cardboard cutouts, and it looks like the students are already building the maze right now. Yes, the students are currently in the building phase with the mazes. First, they had to draft it on graph paper. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of unit conversions, ratios, proportions, how many of the small boxes on the graph paper would equal how many inches or feet in real measurement, Mm -hmm. and then they had to draft it, and then they got to build it using cardboard or just any materials they could find. I think that's so awesome. I mean, it's not only the robotics kind of programming side of it, but they're also physically building something, um, and they get to use uh, the duct tape. I see Angry Birds duct tape, Spider-Man duct tape, and other ones that they're really into now because kids love duct tape. Yes, they do. (laughs) They really do. Okay, cool. So, uh, So first one's Dash and Dot. Second one, what's your second check this out item? Adobe Spark. It just went free for education. So if you go to Adobe Spark for education, there's a phone number that your IT administrator can contact and get the admin console set up. Cool. And then you go online and register, and all their premium features are now available for all educators. Mm -hmm. Uh, Using Adobe Spark, you can create slideshows and then do voiceovers. But instead of doing one full voiceover for the entire slideshow, you do it per slide. So if you're doing a voiceover and the bell rings, you can just delete just that one voiceover Mm -hmm. and continue on. Yeah, that's great. I know that when I've done videos with multiple slides and something goes wrong, you might lose a whole bunch of your videos. So that's nice that it's slide by slide. And teachers and students can use it, right? Yes. Um, There's a photo part to it where you can create very professional looking photos. I use it for advertisements for Kern Q. And my students have used it to create infographics or photos to add to their slideshows. We've also created um, slides backgrounds using Adobe Spark. Awesome. Okay. 
Uh, okay, that's the second thing. Now, what's the third thing to check out? I would highly recommend, especially for new teachers, Class Dojo. Class Dojo. So it's been around for a long time, mainly for class, classroom management. Right. The students are assigned a little monster. You can give points, and you can also take points away. There's nice little sounds that go off to let the students know what's going on. But now they've implemented a lot more communication. Oh, cool. They have this one section that's very similar to a Facebook-style page mm -hmm. where you can post pictures and updates, and all the parents can go on, and they can like the pictures but also it has messaging where it shows you when the other person has read it. Okay. So if you don't have a parent replying to emails, you can at least see a class dojo message right. and when it was read by the parent. Oh, that's perfect. So is there an app that parents can download onto their phones? There is an app they can download and they can. it's also accessible through a website. Okay, great. All right, so class dojo is number three. What is number four? Number four is one of my class's favorite. We use classtools.net. Okay. And it is a free website that has a ton of different randomizers, uh, gen different types of generators, even a fun fake Facebook generator that the kids can go on and create fake Facebook accounts for characters. Oh, wow. My students' favorite is what we call the Wheel of Doom, which is a giant wheel where their names go in or their group numbers, and we spin it. We select groups or projects, activities okay. through it. I remember in the classroom I used this template it was like a Microsoft Word document <laughs> for Facebook, and this sounds like it's a lot cooler than that. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome that it's just ready-made and they can create like yes, like you were saying, it sounded like a character from a novel or short story that they're reading, or maybe even a yeah. historical figure. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's the fourth thing, ClassTools.net, and then what is the fifth thing? Fifth thing is Twitter. You need to be on Twitter because yes. that's where everything, that's anything related to amazing education is. Right. And when you sign up for Twitter, you need to then sign up for TweetDeck so you can organize the tweets and who you follow. And it makes life a lot easier instead of just scrolling through Twitter all day. Yes. Yeah. If, if you, especially if you're into educational technology, I mean, Twitter is, mm -hmm. is awesome. And you can favorite things. You can look back on it later. Um, I, I know that if I'm going to go on and listen to like and, and look at Alice Keeler's feed or um, or some of the other podcasts I listen to, they have feeds too. It's really really helpful for the ed tech tools. That are and it's out there. a great place to throw questions out there and get feedback. So if you throw out a question, do people normally answer it? Do you get answers Typically, coming back? Okay, that's I've good. gotten really good responses. Yeah, I uh, finally understand why I teach mean absolute deviation in sixth grade. Oh, there you go. Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we had an engineer reply to us. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> my wife was just talking about that because she teaches sixth grade too. Mm -hmm. And that's funny. That, that, that's awesome that you actually yeah. had an engineer that, that responded about that. Yeah, it okay. was fantastic. Cool. Okay, so that leads us into the last thing we'll talk about today, now that we had our, our five ed tech things. Uh, you have hosted, I think, two or three uh, PBV chats, hashtag PBV chat. Yes. Um, I did one, too, a while ago. Uh -huh. And it looks like we'll probably do it during the summer as well when people are a little less busy and hopefully have time to That's what I'm jump hoping in. for. So kind of explain what a, a chat, like a Twitter chat is, and then we can maybe go into uh, your idea for the, the first theme or the first topic for the summer. Okay, so with Twitter chat, it's just like a Q&A, but instead of you actually just responding to one person, you use the hashtag and it goes out to multiple people who are also participating mm -hmm. in the Q&A. Um, they're a lot of fun because you get a lot of different perspectives mm -hmm. and they're nice because you feel free to throw out your ideas and your answers and no one's there saying, oh, this is wrong, oh, this is a terrible... Right. and 
it's fun because people will reply to your answer with other ideas or other questions and it gets a lot of conversation going. Right, right, yeah. And then, so you'll put like Q1 for question one and then you'll write the question Twitter and then people respond with like A1 for answer one in order to give their answer. And then you always, whether it's a question or an answer, Mm -hmm. have hashtag, in our case, hashtag PBB chat. Yes. And so that kind of keeps the thread together so people can follow them. Yes. And what I like to do when I respond to a question is I like to retweet with comment. Uh, So then my followers who aren't necessarily in the chat, they can see what question I'm answering. Oh, okay. And then hopefully they'll be like, oh, that's really cool. And then they'll click on the hashtag and join in the chat with us. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. Because people outside of our district have joined in. Yes, we have. For PPV chats before. We have. We had um, Coriolan. Corey Orlando joined in All right. a couple um, back in February. Uh-huh. And then we've had some other people who followed her, saw her participating, and then they jumped in. They jumped in too. Yeah, that's awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so what is your idea for the next PBV chat topic? So the next PBV chat will take place May 20th at 7, 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And what I'm thinking about for the topic is the ever frustrating summer slide Mm. for students but also for teachers yeah because just like the students we need to keep our minds going so that whatever we put in place this year we don't lose over the summer and we start the school year with like well what did I do last year right that we're continuing to learn and grow just as our we expect our students to so do you have enough questions at this point or would you like to get questions from people that maybe you could add to oh I would love questions okay so if anyone has questions that they would like added into the PBB chat for May 20th go ahead and send them to Sarah Camp uh you can send them to scamp at pbvusd.net and that would be great. I'm sure she'd really appreciate that. Okay, last thing, Sarah, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but about podcasts. <laughs> podcasts. What is something that you'd want to listen to? Like, what are some of the things and topics that you would want to hear? Would it be like ed tech stuff? Would it be, um, you know, like intervention, 95% group, mm-hmm. math core instruction, using benchmark advance? Are any of those things, do you think like, oh yeah, it'd be great to hear a teacher at a different school that I don't normally talk to talk about this? Well, thinking about that, contrary to popular belief, I do not do technology all day in my classroom, (laughs) (laughs) but I would just like to hear other teachers' ways of how they creatively implement lessons, especially using Benchmark Advanced. What do they do to introduce the lesson, make it engaging, make it fun? What other things do they tie in right. to get the students into it? Well, so if you're out there and you're listening and you have any ideas, please let me know. And we can have you on the podcast to talk about it. All right, Sarah, thank you very much for all the wonderful things that you're sharing and uh, all the things you're doing in your classroom. Thank you, Steve.